an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Famed Watergate journalist Bob Woodward will release a new book next Tuesday detailing life within the Trump administration titled Fear, Trump in the White House. And I don't think Trump's going to like it because it's a book. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth talks to CNN's Chris Cuomo. Plus, Chris takes a few more questions backstage just for this podcast. But first, a closer look. Republicans are rushing to confirm the Supreme Court nominee of a president who is in so much legal jeopardy, even his own lawyers have warned him he could go to jail. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. Step back for a moment and consider the fact that Trump is trying to appoint someone to a lifetime seat on the Supreme Court while simultaneously being implicated in a truly staggering number of criminal cases and corruption scandals. That's like Bonnie getting arrested and saying, you know who'd make a great judge? Clyde. <laughs> Just to review, here's what we already know about the various crimes and corruption scandals swirling around the president. His campaign chairman was convicted on eight counts of tax and bank fraud. His deputy campaign chairman admitted to embezzlement and money laundering. His personal lawyer admitted he conspired with the president to break federal election laws to pay hush money to cover up an affair. His national security advisor pled guilty to lying to the FBI about his contacts with the Russians. His foreign policy advisor also pled guilty to lying to the FBI about his contacts with the Russians. His first congressional backer was indicted for insider trading. His second congressional backer was indicted for wire fraud and campaign finance violations. A Republican lobbyist just pled guilty to steering illegal funds from a pro-Russian oligarch to Trump's inauguration. And Stephen Miller has been sleeping rent-free in the White House attic. <laughs> now, Trump's already, already expressed support for a few of those guys, and now he's backing two more alleged criminals, GOP Congressman Chris Collins and Duncan Hunter. On Monday, Trump slammed Attorney General Jeff Sessions for allowing prosecutors to bring cases against them, openly admitting that those cases were hurting Republicans' chances in the midterm elections. The president writes, quote, two long-running Obama-era investigations of two very popular Republican congressmen were brought to a well-publicized charge just ahead of the midterms by the Jeff Sessions Justice Department. Two easy wins, now in doubt because there is not enough time. Good job, Jeff. 
The Democrats, none of whom voted for Jeff Sessions, must love him now. First of all, no one loves Jeff Sessions. <laughs> he looks like a haunted doll that moves whenever you look away. I could have sworn I put my little Sessions on that chair. And... Oh my God, he's behind me. Second, think about that. Trump just openly admitted on Twitter that he wants the Justice Department, which is supposed to be independent, to cover up crimes by Republicans in order to help them win elections. Not only is Trump corrupt, but he's so obvious about it. He's like a guy who would try to pick your pocket from the front. Whoops, I bumped into you by accident. Now, just give me a second and I'll be on my way. Come on, wallet, where are you, wallet? In fact, today we got some explosive new details about just how much legal jeopardy Trump's own lawyers think he might be in. Excerpts from famed journalist Bob Woodward's forthcoming book about the Trump White House began to leak out, including one conversation where Trump's lawyer, John Dowd, warned Trump that if he testified in the Russia probe, he might go to jail. Dowd was convinced that Trump would commit perjury if he talked to special counsel Robert Mueller. But Trump, concerned about the optics of a president refusing to testify and convinced that he could handle Mueller's questions, had by then decided otherwise. Trump told Dowd, I'll be a real good witness. <laughs> Dowd replied, you are not a good witness. <laughs> In fact, the Mueller inquiry apparently looms over the White House every day to the point where even foreign leaders ask Trump about it. According to the Washington Post, hovering over the White House was Mueller's inquiry, which deeply embarrassed the president. Woodward describes Trump calling his Egyptian counterpart to secure the release of an imprisoned charity worker. And President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi saying, Donald, I'm worried about this investigation. Are you going to be around? Trump relayed the conversation to Dowd and said it was like a kick in the nuts. In fairness, every day working in your White House is like a kick in the nuts. Why do you think Rudy Giuliani always looks like this? That's, that's the face of a guy who lost a bet and has to stand in front of a tennis ball machine without a racket. Apparently Trump knew this book would be explosive because last month he called Woodward to talk about it. Woodward recorded the call and as he explained to Trump what the book would be about, you can hear it slowly dawn on Trump that it could be very damaging for him. It's also a difficult time where the political system uh, and you and my business uh, yeah. is being tested. Yeah. And uh, you know, I take it very seriously. I've done books on eight presidents going back from Nixon, Obama. Right. And I, uh, I learned something about reporting, frankly, Mr. President. Good. That, uh, I've got to go talk to people and see them outside of the White House and outside of their offices. And I've uh, gained a lot of insight and documentation, and it's, uh, you know, it's a tough look at the world and your administration and you. Right. Well, I assume that means it's going to be a negative book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's like a guy who doesn't understand why he's being dumped. I'm breaking up with you because you're dumb, annoying, selfish, ugly, and I don't like you, and I'm not attracted to you in any way. So it sounds like you're on the fence about going to prom with me. <laughs> so Trump is harassing and threatening the Justice Department, and even his own lawyers have warned him he might go to jail, which is why it's absurd to let him appoint anyone to a permanent seat on the Supreme Court, let alone a lifelong partisan Republican like Brett Kavanaugh. And yet, not only are Republicans rushing forward with Kavanaugh's nomination, they're doing it with an unprecedented level of secrecy. The Trump White House, citing executive privilege, is withholding from the Senate more than 100,000 pages of records from Kavanaugh's time as a lawyer in the Bush administration. 
Republicans are trying to hide as much about Kavanaugh's record as they can because they know it would be damning. So what do they want you to know about Kavanaugh instead? They want you to know that he's just like your next door neighbor. This is a guy who coaches in basketball, pictures. who we'll does yeah. who does all kinds of uh, food pantries. He's like your next door neighbor. And then he talked about his daughter and then he talked about CYO and food pantries. And I said, you know what? This is the guy next door. Just a really nice guy. Just just a decent person, person of integrity. You have to see his eyes light up when he talks about his daughters coaching their basketball team. One friend called him a regular old carpool dad. I think we all know what that is. Uh, it's the dad who drives the kids to school. Oh, is that what it is? The two words with their exact definitions? He's like a peanut butter sandwich. We all know what that is. It's a sandwich with peanut butter on it. And I'm sorry you think he's qualified to be a Supreme Court justice because he's a carpool dad. Anyone can drive a car. Ruth Bader Ginsburg pulled one when she wore well, when she won World's Strongest Judge. <laughs> now, today, Democrats tried to do everything they could to delay the hearing until all of Kavanaugh's records were released, and the chairman of the committee, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, did everything he could to ignore them. For example, when several Democratic senators tried to interrupt Grassley's opening statement to register their objections, he just shouted over them. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome to Judge Kavanaugh. We have not been Judge given Kavanaugh an opportunity to have a meaningful hearing Ashley, on this nominee. There are two daughters. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, Judge we Kavanaugh's received 42,000 documents that we haven't and been able to review us last today. night. You know you're not in a good place when you have to scream your banal compliments at the witness. I want to extend a very warm welcome to your wife and your two daughters. I know that you are a carpool dad, which is a dad who carpools. <laughs> then, when Senator Cory Booker interrupted Grassley to express his frustration with the process, Grassley tried a new tactic, ignoring Booker and softly tapping his gavel. This committee, sir, is a violation of even the values I've heard you talk about time and time again. The ideals that we should have. What is the rush? What, what are we trying to hide by not having the documents out front? What is with the rush? What are we hiding by not letting those documents come out? You've called for documents. You yourself, limited documents. We thought there should be more. We have not received the documents that you have even called for. Oh my God. When Chuck Grassley knocks on someone's door, they probably don't even know he's there. How long have you been here? Five hours. <laughs> when he tries to kill a fly, it probably takes him forever. Is he calling for order or trying to keep track of his pulse? <laughs> but hey, hey, Republicans say we don't need to see all of Kavanaugh's records to confirm him to the Supreme Court, and at least they've been consistent. I'm sure there isn't video of Grassley from just a few years ago saying the exact opposite about President Obama's nominee for the court, Elena Kagan. The Senate needs enough time to adequately review the nominee's record in order for the Senate to fulfill its constitutional responsibility of advice and consent. We must get all of her documents from the Clinton Library and have enough time to analyze them so that we can determine whether she should be a justice. Wow. The only thing missing from that clip was Grassley slowly banging his gavel at himself. We must get all of her documents from the Clinton Library 
and have enough time to analyze them so that we can determine whether she should be a justice. Republicans are rushing to confirm the Supreme Court nominee of a president under criminal investigation who's trying to subvert the justice system to his own political ends so they can roll back voting rights, reproductive rights, and workers' rights and solidify their grip on power. And their only argument is that he's a carpool dad. This has been a closer look. Our guest tonight is an Emmy-winning broadcaster and host of Cuomo Primetime, which airs weeknights on CNN. Please welcome back to the show, Chris Cuomo, everybody! Welcome back! Thank you. I know you're a busy guy. Do you get to enjoy uh, the Labor Day weekend at all? Yes. Good. No. That, that's, a, that's a lie. In truth, I'm constantly uh, obsessed with what we have to do. Yeah. Do you ever feel, though, because I have this feeling as well, I have an obsession about it, but over the weekends, things that happen on Saturday that you think you might have to talk about when your show comes back on aren't actually news anymore by the time Monday rolls around. Right, let alone if you're gone for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Gone to, you know, you're gone for two weeks, and you think, oh, when I get back, I'm going to have to talk about Paul Manafort. Right. And now it's like, what? Who? I don't... It feels a long time ago. It's true. Even his daughter is changing her name now. He's such old news. Yeah. She's taking her mom's name. Yeah, right. It's Bond, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's changing her name to Bond, yeah. which is, by the way, a oh, much a better name. name. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm going to change my name to Bond. <laughs> yeah, let's all do it. <laughs> uh, so anyways, as we're talking about this, you know, it just seems like you have to focus on today's news. There was a lot today. We had the uh, Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. Uh, there was a moment that happened with the father of uh, one of the slain uh, students uh, at Parkland, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you explain what happened real quick, and then I want to show the clip and get your take on it. Right, and again, judge for yourselves when you see it, because it's a real metaphor moment for how we're deciding to decide what's true in our society. Kavanaugh's leaving, and the father comes up to him to introduce himself, puts his hand out. I believe you will see the judge recognize the man and the gesture. He does nothing, turns away, and then security escorts him. The White House says, I am completely wrong that the video is clear evidence of the judge wanting to connect, not having time because he was whisked away by security. All right, let's take a look and see. uh, Decide for yourself. Yeah, it's a nice job. I mean, fully. You know? Now, obviously, (laughs) we're talking a little bit about this backstage. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a real in-the-moment uh, situation there. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of time to think about it. When you're a judge, one of the things you get to do is you get to take a lot of time. You get to deliberate for a great amount of time. But uh, in the split second there, it did not seem like he made oh. a good decision. How long have you been away? <laughs> <laughs> the father of one of the kids who was murdered at Parkland reaches out his hand, says his yeah. name, and you don't shake their hand. Now, first thing we have to do is give the judge an ability to explain, Okay. What was your understanding of it? Why did it happen that way? My concern about it is twofold. One, as we were talking about before and we talk about often, we are not allowing ourselves to disagree with anybody with decency anymore. If you don't agree, they're your enemy. The president very much foments that. I think it's really toxic to our culture that's all based on tolerance and understanding that not everybody likes what everybody else says and is about. The second thing is the don't believe your lying eyes stuff that comes out of the White House. That was clear evidence that it wasn't the judge turning away from a man with their outreach to hand. I mean, it's just crazy talk. Uh, The crazy talk is there's a lot in this Bob Woodward book, which is coming out next week. Excerpts uh, have been leaking out all day today, including uh, Gary Cohn at one point. uh, Taking something off the president's desk because he was afraid he would sign it. Yeah. Uh, Basically to... (laughs) 
yeah. I can't tell you how often people on my team come to me. So we just started the show, right? We started this team, small, scrappy team, where they will come to me, young people, good, smart, young people. I'm the oldest person on my show. <laughs> Which is funny because it's true. So they will say something to me, and I say, stop. What else do you have? And they're like, no, no, no. That, that actually happened. He actually tweeted that. We have to do it on the show today. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I want to talk to you, you know, because one of the things is you, because you do talk to a lot of people from the Trump administration on your show, and this does, because you deal with them, and I've seen you have conversations with them where they use circular logic, they don't answer direct questions. And, I mean, you talk to people like Rudy Giuliani, you talk to Kellyanne Conway, you talk to Anthony Scaramucci. Are you ever, is your mind ever blown by the way that they're choosing to express what's happening within those White House walls? No, I get it. Um, my mind uh, gets blown by the reaction to it. Um, first of all, you know, they've all become like household names now. You know, Rudy will never need his last name again. Uh, Anthony, you know, the mooch yeah. will always be him. Kellyanne is like Madonna. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one name, polarizing, but one name. Um, and the reaction afterwards, people on the left will say, do not have them on again. I do not want to hear from them. You are giving them a platform to lie. I don't want to hear it. I am bothered by that. One, look, if I'm not doing my job, then don't watch. You have great choices uh, on at the same time uh, as me. And if I'm not getting it done, that's the price of, of performance. But don't be closed off to people just because they say what you don't like. It, there's value two ways in being tested. One, Seth gets to hone his own argument. You'll hear a question, tough question, tough follow, this is how he or she handled it. All right, I get that now. I get where they're taking this. Hones you. The second way is be open. Who knows? Maybe you'll find some common ground on something. God forbid that our lawmakers are forced to act on something that's good for the rest of us instead of doing what they're doing today at this hearing with all these silos. You know, they just tucked in. The Grassley thing was so funny, I almost popped one of the caps off my teeth <laughs> yeah. when I was backstage. His gaveling slowly yeah. like that. I didn't even notice it today. Yeah, well, I think that's the problem. You're supposed to notice gavels. He's gaveling. He's a subpar gaveler. <laughs> He's a very subpar. As heavy-handed as he was in the hearing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. ironically, he was yeah. so soft-handed He tired himself gavel. out. This is going to be long hearing. So, you know, they're yelling at him. <laughs> I mean, and they, they're content to yell, get their time on camera, be seen as making that argument. And the other side is going to do what they're doing. They're going to have their vote unless there is some explosive dynamic in that. Kavanaugh will be the next justice sure. of the Supreme Court. And that's why elections do have consequences. When people say to me, why do the Republicans embrace the president when he doesn't seem to be traditionally Republican or conservatives? Why do they embrace him when they're supposed to be character people, the evangelicals? Why do they? Judges. Yeah. Judges. The answer is one word. We are not united by many things in this country culturally, right? We all come from different places. Even English is a borrowed language for just about all of us. But law is our religion. That is the set of rules that we go by that create our culture. Judges, you stack the courts across this country with white, male, young judges, and you will have a generation of a certain kind of jurisprudence. I'm not judging it. But that's why, as soon as Kavanaugh, if he makes it through and he is confirmed, Donald Trump's pres uh, presidency goes in the history books as being impactful because he will have changed that court. Sure, and a conservative success story. And, you know, he is, you can say, well, you know, he doesn't even know these guys. You know, he's just been given a list. Yeah, 
that's what they wanted him to do. Yeah. And he said, well, who, who do we like here anyway? Like, you know, Gorsuch. Yeah, they were like, leave, they said, say leave the well, list just, on his desk. Neil Gorsuch? Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. he had a list of like his driver. <laughs> yeah. This guy, Louie, who he used to yeah. know, who like colored his hair. He's very good. When I say red, is it too red? He always says, I don't know. That's a good Supreme Court justice. Um, I, look, I think that you have to look at it that way. My only concern that I have is that you let the negativity consume you. Not that there isn't good reason for it. But we're going to have elections now. If people come out and vote, then you win. Then people win. If they don't come out and vote, then they have nothing to complain about. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been... Look, I wish I had some kind of high ground. (laughs) Another thing that I constantly get told, including by my kids, is that I'm part of the problem. I get told that all the time, which secretly... I have always believed. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, it's nice when your kids can reinforce your unbelief about yeah, yourself. It's yeah. a, I always knew, you know, the self-loathing would pay off with some kind of universal recognition. Oh, there you go. So now that's why We're I so wear all black. We're so happy to help you get it. <laughs> it suits my mood. Uh, thanks for being here. It's always such a pleasure to be here. It's to be here, Chris. Let's go, everybody. Hey, everyone. It's Sarah here from Late Night. I'm uh, backstage with Chris Cuomo. Thanks for being here. Pleasure. I would love for you to just talk a little bit more about what you spoke with Seth about in terms of judges. So basically what you said was that Trump's presidency will go down as a success story yep. if if this continues to go the way that it's going in terms of the nominations of these conservative judges. Right. From the perspective of what conservatives want, yeah. right, it will be a success. Obviously, depending on your politics, it will either be a success or uh, a potential big failure because... The, the large point that's easy to forget is you listen to what Trump says and what he tweets and what government policies come out, but you're missing what has the longest lasting effect, which is the judiciary and judges across the country at all different levels of federal courts. Um, they make law that become culture and are the guiding rules that the rest of us live by. And they're putting in a lot of very specific types of jurisprudence. And if he gets two judges on the Supreme Court, you can't argue that Trump's presidency will not have been impactful in a way that'll last maybe a generation. Do you think that the public, your viewers in particular, or people you speak to are more aware of this now than they used to be? After I said it, yes. <laughs> uh, the, you look, I think right now, because of Kavanaugh gives us a window, you know, frankly, I've been trying to raise this point, and it's not easy. You know, th- there is something that is a little remote about it. You know, if you're not a lawyer, uh, or you don't think about those things, you're not particularly driven uh, for any special interest, it might be lost on you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you hear it, I think it's pretty commonsensical that, you know, our culture, well, what is it? What are our rules that we use to guide our behavior? They're laws. Right. And the big ones shape our culture. You recently had Andrew Gillum on the show yeah. and you interviewed him as a gubernatorial candidate in Florida. Do you find it interesting as well that people are paying more attention to this governor race in Florida, which I think four years ago, eight years ago, wouldn't have been something that was making national news per se. Yes, I think you make a good point. I think that, one, he took us by surprise. And by us, I mean me. I didn't think Gillum had a shot in hell of winning that race. I was totally wrong. And it was a really interesting understanding of how polls get it wrong. What did they get wrong in his polling? They got wrong a non-voter specific analysis. Mm -hmm. So people that have strong passions but don't usually go to polls 
wound up coming out. Yes, he wound up having an overperform uh, with African-American voters, but I think it was more than that. And we'll see as they break the demographics down over time. But why does Florida matter? To me, two reasons. One, because the national elections are so tight now and Florida right. continues to grow and move up the list of biggest states. And secondly, because it's going to be such a metaphor for a review um, of or really a referendum on Trumpism. Mm-hmm. because the guy, Congressman DeSantis, is Trump through and through. Right. Gillum is anathema to Trump through and through. So it's an interesting test for that state. That said, I think Gillum has a lot of wood to chop. I think that he's got a very big challenge in front of him. Yeah. Florida, you said, is a much more recognizable state in terms of that. But even Georgia, Stacey Abrams is someone who has made national news. True. And look, I think that you do, do see on the Democrat side, It reminds me, and don't get mad at me, I don't mean this in terms of ideology, but in terms of dynamic, it reminds me a little bit of what we saw when the far right got its wave of candidates in um, uh, like two, three congressional cycles. Well, the Tea Party and exaggerated conservative beliefs. You know, Tea Party would have been one name for a group, but there were other ones. You had Freedom Caucus people, you know. But let's just use it. Fine, Tea Party. This, I think, is a reverberation of the left from the same. I believe in pendular politics in a big way. Mm -hmm. You know, Bush one way, Obama another way, Mm -hmm. Trump another way. You know, big swings. Uh, We've seen that historically, and I think we're seeing it now on political culture on lower levels as well. Well, thanks so much for being here. What a pleasure. (laughs) We love having you. Thank you. Want more Late Night with Seth Meyers? Be sure to follow the handle at Late Night Seth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can also watch full episodes of Late Night at LateNightSeth.com or on the NBC app. And please tell your friends who are fans of Seth Meyers to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.